Welcome to the Historical Miniature Wargamers podcast. In this episode, we're going to be talking all about the skirmish supplement for bolt action, which is called Firefight, and the event that we recently hosted in Perth WA Raiding Party. So we're on here just for the recap of the Raiding Party event, uh, which we held, um, had a quick venue change and some, uh, some number changes just at the end, but um, yeah, it was a firefight format, so not a standard bolt action tournament, this was actually around the firefight supplemental rules that are put up by Warlord Games, uh, and heavily featured, we expect, in the upcoming Raider supplement, um, or Stalingrad, um, with what information we've uh, been able to pull um, from people. Um, it may not be, obviously, we're not Warlord, but um, it'd be great if it was, just saying. <laughs> so the event format was four games uh, over the day, starting with 200 points in total for your army, but two of the missions we actually ran reduced list points. So that was a 60-point list and a 100-point list. Uh, really got the commando-style feel and the, um, you know, the, the brutal firefight feel, really, uh, yeah, of two patrols sort of clashing into one another. Um, so we're just going to quickly run down what the missions were because they were running three custom missions and a standard mission and then how we went in those missions as we go, um, which uh, <laughs> I didn't have the best day. <laughs> I didn't have the worst day, sorry Wayne for that, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll get into that a bit later. So the first mission that we actually went and played was, what was it called guys? Turkey Shootout. Right. One of us remembers. Yeah, well, I did write this one, so I should okay. probably remember cool. it. Um, so Turkey Shootout used 60 points of our 200-point list, uh, and you weren't allowed to include your officer. So it yeah. was, you're essentially looking at just your basic regular infantrymen uh, out, of your, out of your force, and nothing else was used. So it wasn't like they were in reserve or outflanking or anything like that. It's just simply 60 points. Uh, and the objective was to hold the center of the board and you alternated deployment uh, almost, in, almost in a like James Bond-esque sort of setup where your models had to be 18 inches away or further from the previous enemy model that had been placed uh, or 18 inches away from an enemy model that had been placed. Um, so how did that, in terms of deployment, that's very unusual for bolt action or even war games in general. What, how did that feel yeah, for you? Uh, I mean, Gorchen and I, we had that first mission and it was really a denial of placement within the terrain piece that we had. I mean, we had this big uh, city in the middle of a, of a desert board. It was and, like a compound of four yeah. buildings in a circle and uh, our objective marker ended up being in the center of the compound. But I think the compound was maybe a third of the total playing area. Yeah. I got the first model and I put it as close to the center of the compound as possible because I just wanted to absolutely control the space. Yeah. And I was lucky I got to place the first model, I put it down. And then I think, like, Jacob, you can put a model yeah, in the compound. Yeah, I, I mean, on, on the very outskirts of this compound, I could, I could put a couple of figures in, but majority of them had to be placed within the desert itself with no cover and these kind of things. But um, I found it really interesting, the placement mechanic as it was, as opposed to these sort of deployment lines that you normally have in a typical game. And I think it's something that we should look at for all the missions for Firefight. I think one of the things that I found was was at the end of it when I sort of did a bit of stock take, I didn't find that the deployment was all too different. So I yeah. more or less had, had effectively a blob of guys uh, and I maybe set up a couple of kill fields or something like that, but I don't think it was sort of game deciding my deployment. No. But aside from having 
maybe a crescent shape around me. I think the, the end result didn't seem that much different, except it was much closer. Yeah. But that all being said, I still think it was really interesting because, because you know, it, it wasn't just about the end result. It was about where do I place my next guy to make sure that where my opponent places his next dude isn't somewhere where I want him to yeah. be. And you ended up playing this this quite interesting sort of mind game before you even started so playing the game. So the, the only way to compare it to regular bolt is when you're doing the forward deployments and you yeah. may be yeah. placing your units to deny snipers to be in that building or, 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 or this position on the board and that kind of thing. But it's for your entire force. Yeah. Um, but it's good at the, at the end of the day, it didn't dictate the game. Yeah. It no. did decide which avenues I was going to advance from. Yeah, but it, okay. it wasn't like, oh, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in open ground, and I got shot first turn or anything like this, and I lost troops. In fact, like first second turn, you're probably shooting on sevens in any mission in firefight as it is with yep. the um, negative modifier because uh, you're gonna have one infantryman instead of a whole squad, and that's considered a small team for everything. So, think of any sort of uh, conditions that you're fighting in a regular game of firefight plus one to the modifier because that's just how it's going to be um so really uh as we moved into the mission and these kind of things that gap came narrower and we, we really focused on trying to get closer mm. to break the the the, the, the um, small team modifier yeah i found that um that the this the first sort of turn for us was a little bit more maneuvering than i actually expected because mm. I, I had sort of I had dominating positions in the compound, I was pretty confident I could just lock down my position, and then um, right at the sort of last moment charge under the objective and, and capture capture the ground. But I was turn one sort of was a little bit of maneuvering, but not but more than I expected. Um, and then turn two, you just charged into this compound, yeah. And I was I was really worried because you just went in there with a couple of SMGs. I think it might have actually been three. Everybody was sort of inside twelve, some within six. You know, yeah. you were in a great position to just mow down a whole bunch of guys. I got really lucky. You didn't, yeah. you didn't roll that well. I think you might have maybe got a pin or something like that. Yeah, but, yeah. But didn't kill anyone. But uh, it, in, in that instance, it had yeah. nothing to do with a small team either. I just Absolutely. rolled like completely yeah. terrible. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah <laughs> if you did that, that in any environment, it would have yeah, been poorly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like it looked like a strong position to move yeah. into. So, uh, you know, it... it, it you can uh, the the great mechanic with uh, firefight is that you have the snap two mechanic yeah. like you do in bolt action, but it doesn't affect one or two squads or whatever your nation provides. It's troops within that bubble, yeah, and grab all of them if you want. The only caveat to that is that you have to decide on one order. Yeah. So you go, okay, I have my I have my leader, and he's going to snap to everybody that's under his influence in the area. He's picking advance, that means everybody else picks advance. Or if he picks run, then they all pick run, and these kind of things. And that's really interesting. We get into it in the other missions, because there are points where you want to take the snap too, and it would make sense to charge with a couple of your units, but then the other ones yeah. within that area of influence that you want to use... They're not going to be able to charge anything. They're just going to have to redeploy or something like this. So you make decisions on: Do I advance? Do I run? These kind of things. Do I only snap to a handful of yeah. them? And these kind of instead things. of all of the ones you can. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I certainly did that in some of the missions where you know trying to utilize that mechanic. Um, and and we'll get into it a bit later with some of the what I did in some of the missions. But you know I was having to make choices about going. Yeah. I actually can only afford to really send two guys plus the lieutenant this way because I need to hold something back to be able to react what my opponent's doing um, 
yeah, I'm, I'm glad you both enjoyed that deployment and that you felt that it was more beneficial in how you could set things yeah. up um, and, and, and that. So me and my opponent, when we played, we actually ended up, the way that we deployed, locking each other into triangular deployment zones. Oh, so okay. um, so my, my model first went down around the center, um, which pushed Nick back. Uh, Nick deployed one far on the left, which actually like forced my my left flank to basically be at the board edge or further back. Um, and so I did the same to him, and all of a sudden we had triangles, um, and like you couldn't, you just couldn't put anything anywhere else outside of that space. Interestingly, this is this is a deployment uh, mechanic that's in chain of command mm. um, okay. about which I didn't where, know yeah, about. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's about placing these 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 markers where you deploy from and and they have to be 18 inches away from other things so you end up moving things back or they get locked down and that kind of stuff but i think what was also cool about this mission was the 60 points so 60 yeah. points is yeah. roughly six guys depending if you're going regulars inexperienced and um, veterans maybe it's five maybe it's seven and these kind of things but or two we, if you're yeah, playing kakapatio that's true <laughs> But uh, other than maybe Wayne's match, I haven't really caught up with him on that one. I did. I found it really fun and interesting. Yeah. I thought like you, you know, we, we had some feedback when the when the players packs were going out that maybe this is just too small. Mm, um, but it actually ended up being probably the highlight of the day for me. Okay. Um, and I, th I thought it, I, th I think that the smaller points is is really interesting. In fact, firefight altogether. Uh, you're really putting a lot more emphasis on the value of those troops and the value of the terrain itself around you because you are manipulating one person to one piece so it's actually really important to get the intricacies of that cover whereas if you're you know, moving five or six I kind of go, yeah, that, that's good enough it's covering some, it's not covering yeah. others I just want to move on with the game Yeah, it's um, the difference between like setting yourself up to make sure that you're covered by 51 to 55 percent to trigger the cover yeah. rule yeah. as opposed to going no 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 this one model has to be 50 percent covered yeah. if i want to get the yeah. coverage yeah. um yeah i think the 60 points is interesting um there has been some very good feedback uh in terms of uh obviously when you reduce your points one of the biggest things that gets impacted are elite armies or elite mm. unit types um there's been some really good feedback on um, potentially some balancing mechanics when you start really getting low even in these five point um, firefight missions um, and so you know there's still some development I think we need to do in that space but definitely the reduced points limits uh, and the 100 point limit that we'll get to later as well um, yeah seem to be fairly well accepted and enjoyed yeah. um, um, maybe uh, we should talk about the armies we actually used as well for the entire event so yeah. what, 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 what did you bring Gorchen? Uh so I actually packed a pretty standard boring looking list um, I've got two squads of six uh, and I've got BAR, two, um, two riflemen, NCO with an SMG, and two more SMG guys. Did the same for the other squad, and then I just took a lieutenant with an SMG. I was really just uh, hoping to go for this idea of, of having seven um, submachine guns, a couple of BARs to hit some people at distance. I didn't yeah. have an individually um, modeled LMG I could take. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't sort of have the time to put one together. That all being said, I'm actually kind of happy with how the VARs worked. Yeah. You know, I didn't get sort of the fine maneuver that you normally do, no national characteristic, of course. Yeah. But, you know, it was just nice having two separate long-range guys that I can mm -hmm. have on ambush just to encourage my opponent to do something other than walk towards me. Yeah. What did you take, Daniel? Uh, so I took my, my Russian-Soviet um, force. Now, no, in normal games, like the structure is, it's like a force of doom. Like most of my <laughs> opponents, like they just struggle to deal with the amount of bodies that I put on the table. But uh, for firefight in particular, I took a first lieutenant, uh, sorry, 
the second lieutenant. Uh, otherwise, yeah, just got that wrong. But <laughs> it's okay because I'd never actually needed to count on uh, the snap twos because, of course, firefight is snap to everything within a bubble. Um, a guard squad, 11-man guard squad, which was uh, essentially 11 individual units, three of which had a submachine gun. Uh, one had a light machine gun, which meant that I obligatory had to take a loader and obviously the NCO. And then I actually took a light mortar team, a regular light yeah. mortar team, um, which, look, I've, he's MVP. Like, he <laughs> yeah, just, he yeah, just is, right? So yeah. uh, in, in the games that I played with him today in the four rounds, um, he was moving with the advance and the fire and he killed five units in, well in, in four, in four <laughs> yeah. rounds. Like, he was only allowed to play in two of the four rounds and he still killed five units. Um, it was, yeah, he was a big high priority target. Um, he killed um, he killed Brad Warnock's sniper team. He murdered the first guy um, after moving out from behind cover. So Brad's loader picked up the sniper rifle, um, but he'd already taken an action. And so the next turn, he then just killed the loader anyway <laughs> after moving a little dropped bit further round. around the corner and just dropped another round on him. And, and we were both, Brad and I, just sitting there looking and just like, did that really just happen? Like... <laughs> But yeah, um, so it was pretty cool. So yeah. what was the logic behind taking a light mortar? Well, originally I took the light mortar because I wanted to be putting smoke down because in firefight, your, your fire lanes are very important and being able to mm. channel your opponent really helps leverage uh, essentially where you can plan and what you can do. So the original thought was I was going to use it to fire smoke and, and put the smoke down and yes, it would scatter off the light mortar, but it's a way that I can really emphasize some, some of the terrain, cover, yeah. guarantee some cover, block some line of sight. Um, it didn't fire smoke the entire tournament. It was too good at, ju- it, was a, it was apparently much better at a, um, we're gonna kill that guy, and now that guy, and now that guy. Like, it, yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. Well, as, as we said, you've got a lot of hit modifiers, negative hit modifiers in Firefight. Yes. It takes quite a fair bit of positioning, um, sort of initiative, and, and a few other things to be in a position where you're not hitting on a five or a six or a seven. And, mm. um, you know, the times that even I was getting four, fours to hit, I was like, we're having a great day. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I think with that in mind, I, I didn't think about this beforehand, taking something like a light mortar, you're always hitting on sixes. Yes. Big yeah. difference in normal bolt. Not that much of a difference in firefight. In fact, yeah. it's probably more likely to hit than regular units with this small unit, um, small yeah, team modifier and these kind of things. Yep. Uh, another thing that I didn't think about when we're making our list is that uh, team weapons are buffed in comparison to what they are in uh, normal yeah. bolt because if you take out the light mortar, the sniper, the LMG, the loader can literally pick up the weapon, which you can't do in regular bolt action. Yep. So it already has two wounds. Yeah, straight so, up. So it's, it's already stronger than, than it would normally be, um, and that, that's something I didn't think of. Um, I went for the sort of reverse of most people in the fact that I took 16 autodice, which was the maximum. Um, I thought that I wanted to just maximize my opportunity on using dice. Uh, that strategy actually doesn't matter in firefight whatsoever because you're generally getting one dice and snapping two with five or six actions at that point in time. So having a uh, advantage on dice isn't necessarily important because yeah. you're going to be activating several units at that time anyway. So uh, it ended up being I was in two or three groups 
and I'd activate with two or three dice out of the bag for the actual turn, and my opponent would activate with two or three dice as well because they were also split into groups where the officer is snapping too, the NCOs of the actual infantry squads that you take also had the snap too at a shorter range. Um, so looking back, I won't go for 16 dice. Um, to fit in 16 dice, I had to go with a whole bunch of, I'd got six inexperienced riflemen, and then I thought, oh, it'd be really cool if I could utilize all these SMG models that I had. So I went for nine SMGs in total, took some advantage there because, you know, the, the, the officer can, can give free, um, what do you call it, weapon options in the loadout that you yeah. don't pay for. Yep. Um, so I started with that and I'm like, okay, how can I fit in more SMGs? And then I was looking through all these, generally when I'm playing uh, Germans and you're looking at SMG troops, you're looking at pioneers, which are veteran, and I'm like, how can I get this lower? Apparently Stug Riders are regular and you can have just as many uh, SMGs yeah. as, as you could as pioneers and everything else. So I wanted to give that a shot. Um, they're a mixture of strong and not so strong. Like, um, uh, I, I think it would have been better to get some veterans and, and maybe maybe cancel out some of these rifles. But these were really good at keeping at the back line and having things to shoot at while while these guys are moving up. So, um, still an interesting list, but some things I'd probably change now that like I've realised. Uh, maybe the order dice isn't necessarily the highest priority of having a maxed out list. I actually, um, it wasn't sort of till game three that, that I clicked, uh, I, I saw Nick, Nick's list, he took the free assault rifles with his bodyguards. Or okay, so that's 15 it, points, yeah. It wasn't yeah. until then that I clicked that I was like, oh, I should have done that. Yeah. And then, and then I, I looked back at my list and I was like, I looked at it and I was like, all I would have saved was six points could you could you get bars in the officer groups no you can't yeah. and I would have gone from <laughs> yeah. you wish yeah. <laughs> and my list would have gone from 198 points to 192 points yeah and I was yeah. like okay yeah. that might have been you could an extra BAR maybe like a couple that. of extra um, you know SMGs somewhere yeah. else yeah. and I looked at it and goes, he goes that would have been nice but I don't think by and large that would have changed my list all that mm -hmm. much yeah um uh, outside of the lists we played, one thing I thought was interesting was Wayne's army. He yeah, had definitely. the um, uh, what did Finnish army, and he had the loadouts where the troops had two weapons. Yeah. So that they were never at a disadvantage on range, and they could decide what they want to do. Are they going to take a long shot with the rifle, or are they going to move in with the SMG? And yep. um, uh, seeing that sort of flexibility looked really interesting because mm. there were there were points where I had SMG troops that would be ideal to, 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 to combat at range and then range troops would be ideal to do at SMG. I've never seen that list before. Yeah. Um, and it just it's looks a really interesting cool. list. Yeah. I got Very. I got quite lucky sort of playing against Wayne. Um, I think I, I had some some relatively uh, again lucky sort of positioning. I was able to sort of pocket my guys with, with my uh, NCOs. Um, and I was sort of luckily able to defeat in detail with that veteran and that flexibility I was able to overcome with yeah. the sheer volume of fire or numbers. Um, but I think I think had I had I not been so lucky with positioning, that game would have gone quite differently for me. Yeah, well, definitely when um, so actually all three of did you face Wayne as well? No, no Wayne was the only opponent I didn't face. But oh, that's because um, that, you're that's because you're on the same side, same faction. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, well, well, Tyler took my place. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, right, yeah, just at the yeah, end. Yeah. Um, yeah, so when I versed Wayne, um, it was in uh, one of our missions later on that uses the 100-point list, and it was a case of um, whoever got the dice out first was going to make the biggest difference. 
um, and I had more dice in the bag, so that, mm. that sort of swung it, um, which is where, where I was talking about the need to balance out some of the missions for elite units. Like, it, in fairness, it did penalise Wayne's army as, as cool as it was. Yeah. It, it probably worked against him in that favour. But um, but these, these uh, the models that he used uh, for the long-range recon squad, they're also medics as well. So even <laughs> if wow. he shot them, he was still rolling for those medic saves. Wow. Now, unfortunately, he didn't. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, he didn't make any. But yeah, um, no, but, but, <laughs> but even but even if he like the, the flexibility, like none of us had medics. Yeah. No, no one else at the yeah, event had I medics. Really they were all in Wayne's army. They're so <laughs> expensive. They're thirty points each. Yeah, and and you so, normally can't take them as inexperienced either. But but these recon troops. Yeah. They're what twenty four points a model. Yeah, yeah. Well, veteran medic is thirty. Yeah. So that's actually it's really good, and, yeah. it, and in a regular game of bolt action, they're amazing. They're yeah. so good. There's a lot to be said for them because they can also outflank on any board edge. Yeah, yeah. Um, but unfortunately, with the missions that were there, um, yeah, they didn't complement Wayne's playstyle. Um, he could have won our mission, but yeah, my dice was wrong um, first. But. There was another thing uh, Gorchin mentioned early on about the national characteristics. Just so people are aware, who haven't played Firefight before, a lot mm. of the uh, na nation rules are removed. Oh, so there are many. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so for yeah. example, uh, move and shoot with with the Americans, where they don't have to take the penalty. That doesn't exist. The Germans don't have the extra MG shot on the yeah, machine gun. Um, how does that work for the Finns? Do they have their ambush advance? So the ambush. Advance is not necessary. It's not actually a Finnish rule. Okay. It's on the units. Okay. So, okay. so for example, the the I think it's the Sissy Squad um, or Sushi. I never remember how to say it. Um, those rules are built in and specified on those units. Yeah. So they get those. Yeah. Um, what wouldn't apply is um, what's commonly known as the Finnish Super Vet rule, yeah. um, which doesn't matter in bolt action in firefight anyway, because once one model dies out of a unit, even if that was getting you towards fifty percent. These are one model units, yeah, and so yeah. so it doesn't yeah. work anyway. Um, and I think they've got a, a reroll on their morale as well. But um, but yeah, so those wouldn't apply. But anything that was unit specific still did. It's also worth noting that um, for this event, I opened up the the actual selector to any form of infantry squad that would be able to be taken as a uh, a generic platoon infantry squad. So. We, we didn't get into the Western Desert shoots and squad or, yep. or those, um, but it did include the additional UniPDFs, um, anything that was allowed as a generic uh, force, which we got a fair bit of right. We had some Aussies, um, yeah. Aussies show up, um, but otherwise, yeah, a lot of, lot of Germans, a yeah. lot of US. Well, if you did, I would have taken the um, motorbikes. Wow. <laughs> Not because they're any good, but just because they're cool. <laughs> Though them, I will admit that that, yeah. that Western Desert motorbike unit is is pretty cool, and yeah. I'd, I'd still think there's some cool things you can do with them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You you do pay a little bit of an investment for their functionality, but mm. um, yeah, in firefight and monetarily, they, I did spend okay, hundred dollars yeah. on these bikes as well. So <laughs> yes, yes, but. This isn't necessarily a game where yeah. you can just throw money at something and expect it to work on the table. Um, but no, look, I, I think there's a lot. Um, yeah, like I love versing your Western Desert at least. Yeah. Um, I like it more when I have like free US airstrikes. That was oh yeah, that, that was, was really good. Dead, but um, uh, but yeah, you no, and I, I have different experiences with them. <laughs> <laughs> so how was how was event two? That was just a sort yeah. of standard meeting engagement. Nothing yes, it was. sort of that colourful um, in terms of the mission design there. Uh, which is which is quite strange for me. I remember when I was 
setting up for that game, I was like, okay, where's the where's the catch? This is one of Dan's events for transmissions. <laughs> yeah. Where's the catch? What's the hard part? <laughs> um, but it was yeah, it was just standard meeting engagement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the full two hundred points. Of yep. Full two hundred. Yep. What we're doing for the event. Yep. Um, and so that that simply was the. You know, the, the first round was essentially quick and dirty and brutal. Um, mm. I think the quickest that we had people finish was sort of in a half hour mark. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. like, it was super fast. That was, that was including like, how do we play the mission? Let's do the deployment, let's play yeah. it out. And then, yeah, 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 yeah. it was the whole thing. Yeah, it was the whole thing. Um, and so that was, that was quite good. It functioned exactly how I wanted it to. Then we broke into meeting engagement, which is obviously a, a longer game, protracted game. Um, I versed Jacob in that one. Um, yeah. And it's, so that was you've got your first wave that you bring on, um, but that was we really were utilizing or attempting to utilize the snap two actions from turn three onwards. Um, so turn one everything runs on turn two you sort of jostle for position a little bit, and then turn three it was you know it was about whose sledgehammer is going to hit the hardest. Um, and we played out all the way to turn six. Yeah. Um, and we both killed 11 models of each wow. other. We've yeah. been taking great tests for the last three turns, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and neither of us failed. We actually got all the way through to turn six, um, and we were playing on that compound map, and essentially what happened was everything that was on the right-hand flank that I was attacking, I killed, and I was feeling great. But literally, Jacob had done the exact same thing on my left flank, yeah. and he murdered everything <laughs> on that side. Yeah. And we actually didn't have enough time and space to loop around the compound to get back into a fight. So in turn yeah. six, we did a little bit of shooting backwards and forth and essentially went, okay, we're done. We're going to have to just call it a draw. <laughs> but there wasn't a point in that game with just us that uh, it was really one-sided either. Like, it, it, it was, you know, you take out a couple, I'd take out a couple, and... There wasn't a point in that in, in either turn like oh, this, this game is, is lost or won or, or whatever else. The, um, the, the, seemed very fair. Probably the one point where I, I really thought that I was like, oh, I've got him now. This is yeah, it's all gonna go. <laughs> it's all gonna go my way. This is it. This is the turning point. I've got the momentum, um, and that was when uh, you know I, I led an attack with snap two using advance, and I had <laughs> I basically just had five guys run around the corner and start throwing grenades like they were Rambo. Um, yeah. And and so out of but out of those grenades that were thrown, four of Jacob's models died. <laughs> and so like. However, know, the combat straight after that, I got I got some revenge pretty quickly. Well, I'm pretty sure they all yeah. died. Like yeah. you, you basically you had another half a squad that came around with multi shot SMGs, which we have we sort of uh, played in this event that because the multiple uh, multiple shot rule doesn't specifically say it only applies to machine guns, we actually put it across any multi-shot weapon, um, which didn't actually alter the balance that much, so we weren't too worried about it, because most people had a multi-shot weapon of some description. Yeah, or um, 10. Or 10, or 10, <laughs> yeah. And, but but Jake, Jacob's come around the corner with his SMG guys, and then literally everyone that's throwing a grenade just died. <laughs> like, yeah. they, just, they just all died. So, so the way the, the multi-shot weapon works in an academy of street fighting, for those of you who haven't had a chance to read it yet, it's basically if you've got a four-shot weapon and you land even a single hit on the model, you can then take a, another attack on another model within six inches of your first target with one less shot, which means if you've got a two-shot SMG, you can spray one guy for two shots, and if it hits, you then spray the next guy for one shot. If it is, uh, and then and so you ended up in this in this quite interesting scenario where everybody was sort of running around hip firing SMGs at, at a whole bunch of models. And, yeah, yeah. But that all being said, it, as you sort of said, it didn't make that much of a difference. There was a, no. there was a few cases when I lost an extra model um, to something that wasn't an LMG, of course. 
but but aside from that, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah I didn't feel that it was that much different. It, it sort of felt right to me. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd say so too. And just just a little bit more thematic to weapon yeah. profiles and this sort of stuff, rather than just looking directly what is in you know regular rulebook kind of stuff out of just normal bolt action and not firefight. So it mm. it seemed it seemed interesting. It's not something I'd want to necessarily chuck in on multi-shot into regular bolt um probably for machine gun specifically that maybe that's an option or yeah. maybe but there, there are there are better fixes for that as well that, that a lot of people have discussed but um seemed to work great in this, so I, yeah. I was happy with it yeah yeah, yeah it's been good um, um so what we do for mission three so mission three so this was another one that i created um it used a hundred points of your list but it had to include your officers. Uh, so both your regular, um, your general leader officer, oh, no. but <laughs> also your NCOs. So um, so in my case, I was like, yeah, cool, no worries. And when, and when I was designing it, I was like, most people are gonna go an officer, and then they'll have their NCO from their, their one team that they've got, or the one unit. Now, of course, I was working off the logic that people would only purchase one infantry squad worth of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so that didn't happen. Yeah, um, so yeah, so J Jacob's like, oh no, I've got my lieutenant plus this guy plus this guy. And I'm like, oh, okay. Because um, obviously whenever you get into a points differential where the basis for those points is in equal, it can cause disruption. Um, and what, what about, how many did you have? I had, a, I had two sections of six. And so what I took for that for my 100 point list is I took my lieutenant for 50 points, mm -hmm. uh, two NCOs, another submachine gunner, and then a rifleman just to sort of round out the points. And and so with the the scoring was actually quite interesting. You forced us to play a bit differently there, Daniel. I did. So so the scoring for this particular mission, um, and, we'll, and the deployment was different as well, but the scoring was, your, your whole objective was to assault the NCOs or your officers, and then for that model, uh, you then needed to get the officer off the table for you to extract the intelligence, be it rifling their pockets, um, you know, drugging them up and getting the you know, interrogated details out of them or whatever. But that, that was the purpose, right? So, so basically came to punch the enemy NCO or officer to turn them into an objective marker. Yes. And then pick up the objective marker and run away with it. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, and, and it, was trying to, it was trying to make that work. So if you captured an officer or NCO, but you didn't get off the table, you got a certain point value. If you captured them but got off the table, you generally got um, double or just under double um, of the value. However, if you killed an NCO or officer from a shooting attack, as in you went, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna top them out and, and I'm not gonna worry about assaulting them. I actually went to take a point off you for each NCO or officer that you shot because I really wanted to encourage people to try at 100 <laughs> points, please, just to do the assaulting. Um, and uh, in, in this particular mission, um, I, I know a couple of players that were trying to, they'd captured one of the, the characters and they're going, yeah, cool, no worries, I've got two victory points. I could just shoot your other one and I get minus one and it'll be a minimal victory, but you know, I'll get the victory. I like um, how you say to some people, like it wasn't you. <laughs> <laughs> I may have done that. Um, so um, the deployment was interesting. So we basically divided the um, board into four sections, four quarters. Uh, you roll off, one player would deploy half their force in one quarter. The next player would deploy the rest of their force in the opposite corner. So you've got it split in four. Maybe maybe they're deploying in the top left, you're, you're bottom right. Um, 
and then the first player is then deploying the rest of their troops. Um, and there's no minimal distance. There's no minimal distance. So, yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> being told that, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a negative for, for people to, to shoot my officers, I'm like, all right, I'm going to chuck them all in the uh, very first-hand side <laughs> of the corner, almost at their, their opposing lines. Pretty much the center go, of the table. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right on the center, just going, okay, well, maybe I can get some early shooting because I've got SMGs, all this kind of stuff. Didn't work for me being the second player to deploy because, you know, Brad puts a couple of his troops in the vineyards and I'm like, I'm thinking, okay, there's probably some other cover that he's going to deploy everything else. No, no, he's going to put his whole force next to my NCOs and <laughs> try and knock them out in uh, close combat in the first turn, which happened. Yeah. Um, so it turned into, you know, a whole game of me trying to chase him down. Um, but, uh, no, a very interesting mission again. Um, I, I like that you'd have a penalty for shooting or killing the officers trying to get the intel. It's very thematic. Um, and it gives you deployment options of what you mm. want to do. I didn't pick the best ones, but, um, yeah. I, no, I, I saw the logic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, my game went... I also didn't read the mission, so... Yeah. <laughs> my game went a little bit differently. Um, so uh, Nick got first upon me, put half of his guys down. We were more or less uh, corner to corner. There was like a vineyard in, in, in my space. There was a vineyard in his space. And he had some, he had some really good line of sight blocking sort of train that he could hide most of his guys behind. So he put a couple of assault rifles in, in line of sight block. And I just, I just stuck my guys really close in the vineyard because I was just expecting to run forward, maybe capture a guy or two. Similar, similar to yours. Uh, although um, Nick didn't call my bluff, <laughs> uh, he, he kept the rest of his guys out of line of sight. Yeah, and and so our our first turn was was a little bit of positioning, some lots of oh no I can't shoot him, no I can't shoot him, no I can't shoot him. I can't assault him because because of the cover and the terrain and stuff. So it ended up just it it almost sort of felt like a game of poker. We were all just like who are we going to put where and how close is who to what, and then. Turn two came out, and I got the first dice, and I was like, "Okay, I have to seize this opportunity." All of his, all of soon-to-be objective markers, were were within like charge distance. So I just I took my lieutenant, and I basically imagined this gun ho, like fresh out of West Point graduate, some nineteen-year-old kid standing and goes, "Charge, fix bayonets," and and they all did. Um, so the lieutenant went first, uh, and he, he charged an NCO, and they got into simultaneous, and they killed each other. Um, so wow. all I did was generate an objective mark for both of us. And I was like, okay, well, this is fine. I'm going to go run another guy over there to pick up the NCO that yeah. I killed. Yeah. And, then, and then I sort of did a little bit more of that, and all I ended up doing was turning my NCOs and my lieutenant into objective markers. That's all that I achieved. Yeah. <laughs> I, was carrying, I was carrying one German NCO. Um, on the back of some dude with an SMG, and that was it. I had two models left by the wow. time I was done running, and Nick yeah. hadn't pulled an auto dice yet. And, and so he, he comes out and goes, Okay, well, I'm going to shank the dude that's carrying my, the German officer, pick up two German NCOs. Somebody else comes along, picks up my lieutenant. All I've got left is one rifleman who's chasing some Germans through a vineyard, just emptying his carbine wow. and achieving nothing. And he just Turn three, he just walks off the board. And he was like, good game. It was 4 nil to him. <laughs> so that's quite an interesting contrast to some of the other games that, um, that happened. Um, you know, I had a very low model count. Um, I played against Wayne, who had a very low model count. Um, and this is the game where it was sort of whoever got the first dice was going to have the biggest impact here. Um, 
and sort of it, it went my way um, and so I snapped to it and everything basically ran forward but every every model that I sent to go deal with one of Wayne's models um, it was all through terrain through the compound and stuff and so Wayne was just Wayne was veteran and he was just smacking me back and so, so all that was happening was I was moving things in and I was like yeah this guy's going to go in and then I'll be able to run away and Wayne's just like you're not going to run away dead and I was like Okay, so now I have to commit another person into the kill zone <laughs> yeah, yeah. to get someone out. Wow. Um, so when it all when it all came down to it, I did manage to, to knock both of his um, his against essentially the officer and the NCO down, and I had a model that was able to then recruit one. So I would have been on at least one point. So we then called it at that point. Um, but the whole process that was one of the games that took about half an hour to play through. Like it was super quick. So I'm not sure if we brought this up, but um, in this mission we were doing hundred point lists. So yeah, we for the and it has to include your officer. Yeah. So so yep. for this whole event we had a two hundred point list, and from that you have to design a sixty point list and a hundred point list out of that two hundred, and they had conditions on including officers and all this kind of stuff. Um, so. Yeah, to, to fill you in at max, you'd probably be having like 10 or 11 models, and most people probably have maybe oh, seven or not, something. Not like with this. an officer, because your officer is about 15 points. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, that's right. looking about five or six yeah, models. Yeah, yeah, I, had, I had six models and was on the top yeah. end. Yeah, um, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a fun little game. Um, it's actually, it's almost like a, a really good sort of mini game that we could put in, in a regular event as yeah, sort of like a yeah. lunch break mini game yeah. but, um, and sort of do a novelty prize for it. But, All right, so yeah. what did we end on? So then, then we moved into, I mean, we had lunch and stuff, but then we moved into the last mission. Um, the last mission's called Panic. Now, another uh, one of your genius ideas? Another one of my yeah. genius ideas that I cook up in my laboratory. Um, now, the... <laughs> Is this the one we've seen before in the Dueling Aces? This is what was yeah. for Dueling Aces, but we never rolled for it, so it okay. never got played. Right. And I I heavily reworked it after Dueling Aces because um, I got some feedback on it that I didn't amend before the Dueling Aces event, but I amended after the yeah. Dueling Aces right. event. Um, so I'll, I'll read the brief and I'll read the objective, and then when we go into the rules, it'll make a bit more sense to where my yeah. head is at. Out of the fog, Figures develop in front of you. All too soon you realize it is the enemy and you are not in cover. You hit the deck. And the objective simply reads, survive the chaos which is about to unfold. Now, you know, that's not very encouraging as an objective because it doesn't tell you what to do except survive. Um, there's no forward deployment. Um, players roll off. You're forced to put 25% in reserve. Uh, then the opponent, uh, again, they put 25% in reserve. All dice then go into the bag. You draw the dice one at a time, and you must deploy that dice, it essentially goes for one model as a unit, and all remaining models must deploy within six inches of the center line. So if you've got the center of the board, you extend that line to the left and to the right, so it meets with the perpendicular points on the, on the edges, sorry, parallel points on the edges, and you extend six inches towards your back edge and your opponent does the same. So you end up with a 12 inch band across the battlefield, right? All your models have to be in that six inch band, which means that all your opponent's models are in that band, but just on the other side of the six yeah. inches. So basically you're always 12 inches away from an opponent at most. Yes, yeah, the furthest away you can be is 12 inches. 
Um, you're not allowed to take any sort of pre-game moving, so Rangers lead the way are stuck there. They're not they're not going to go anywhere. You didn't um, buy the tents had them in the players' pack because I asked about Rangers, did you? No, it's already it was already in there. It was already, someone else had asked as well, but um, it's already in there. Um, and, and so I was like, no, nah, I, I want those those figures stuck there. I want them to be in a position of panic, which then brings us to the special rule panic. During turn one, no unit may voluntarily go down and every model automatically foobars. Mm. Now, if you think through the consequences of this, if you automatically foobar, you're not rolling for an order test. So no order test benefits or anything like that applies. I'm forcing you to go to roll on the foobar table straight away. But you have an enemy within 12 inches, which means if you roll a one, you're going to shoot your friend. Now, let's just quickly do a sum up. Um, Gorchen, how many of your own men did you shoot and how many of your opponent's men got shot? Uh, I think I lost one or two in the mm. first one out of what would have been nine. Um, and I think Nick lost, I think it was two in the, in the FUBAR. Yep. And Jacob? I didn't play. You didn't play. <laughs> well, I did know that, but... Uh, yeah, that's all right. But Tyler, you didn't lose any, did you? I didn't lose No, so Tyler didn't lose any. Um, Oh, no, no, yes, he did. Oh, sorry, no. <laughs> Tyler was thinking of his opponent. His opponent didn't lose any. Um, so Tyler lost three models. So we're going to say that Jacob lost three models out of that, um, which was, uh, yeah, a little bit dramatic when you only got 200 points. This did use the full 200 points. Um, I didn't lose any. Uh, now, <laughs> now, my opponent, um, Brad, he lost one, and um, he wasn't particularly pleased about it. Because uh, he was playing uh, a fairly expensive regular list, he, didn't, he only had ten models, um, but but I didn't lose any. And so I, I, when I was playtesting, I'm telling you, I was losing five, six, seven models. Like <laughs> yeah, wow. like I, we across the table, we were losing like you know double digits, and it was really sort of a you know you needed to be the phoenix that rose from the ashes to be able to fight back. <laughs> okay. uh, so so uh, for those that are listening, uh, what are the results of Fuba? So the resulting of FUBAR, uh, on the roll of a one, it's a friendly fire incident, which we'll cover in just a sec. On a two to a six, you simply run directly away from the closest visible enemy, but you, you basically run in a straight line, so you it's, can't wibble wobble. It's three wobble. to six. It's not one or two friendly fire? Oh, it's one or two? I think it's yeah, one or two friendly fire. Yeah. I, yeah. I didn't roll anything lower than a four, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you don't roll ones. Yeah, apparently. I, no, I do roll ones. It was yeah, everything after that that I was rolling ones for, but but I, I didn't roll any ones or twos on that roll. But um, uh, and I don't think Brad did either. So, but either way, funsies yeah. event. So not really that big of an impact. Um, but either way, yeah, one or two. So then on a three plus, don't run backwards. Sure. Um, so most, literally, my entire force just ran backwards. And obviously, if you're going over terrain or whatever, it drops to six. But the the friendly fire, if you've got an enemy model within twelve. Of a friendly model. Of a friendly model, uh, which is what triggers the friendly fire incident. Your opponent then chooses the model that was trying to activate to shoot a model. <laughs> so, there's a, as, again, when I was testing it, uh, five models, you know, sort of, we were serious numbers of things that were going through and getting damaged, and it was like, well, that's just what it is, that's just <laughs> what's happening. Um, at least everyone's going to be in the same boat. We got very mixed results on the actual day of doing it, though. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I didn't and have a anything. a lot lower than your playtest. A lot lower, a lot lower. We didn't have any player lose more than three, um, which in some ways was good, but still three is a lot to lose. Um, 
but we yeah we also the average was sort of one to two um, across most games. Well, you know, if you're looking at it, it's one to two on a dice, assuming you know you've got a pretty good kill chance. You you should be losing somewhere between a quarter to a third of your troops. Yeah, give or take. Yeah, right. It's some very back of the envelope calculations, but five or six sounds like a playtest. Sounds like a little bit more than that. Well. One thing that we learned when playtesting is not to put your like machine guns in that six-inch band, <laughs> yeah. because they have a four-shot weapon that multi-shoots that has oh, to force no. to. So we had the we had one of the um, one of the players took uh, two German light machine guns uh, in their force, and both of them fubard, and basically they're one on each flank, and they basically shot towards the middle, and they <laughs> lost like five guys because they basically were point-blanking the first three. Um, and so, yeah, we learned not to do that. So, um, Admittedly, this, this reads out of the fog figures develop in front of you. If you've got a machine gun and it's all misty you and you're in panic that you are seeing troops around, you're probably just spraying and hoping that you're getting something, not knowing that's your own troops. But Yeah, so it felt sort of thematic. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, Something tells me over the sound of a machine gun going off in your face. You're not going to be like, did that dude just yell at me in German? <laughs> Probably not. You're just going to yeah. keep firing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, so it really was chaos. Um, but the players all seemed to enjoy it. Now, the, the points for this particular mission, it was actually about every surviving model yeah. is worth a point, not, not a kill. Um, that brings a couple of points of problems of its own. If you've got, uh, like, if you took more damage during the first turn panic with the FUBAR, yeah. um, you actually had to go on the aggression to get that point difference back, um, and that is a big challenge. If your opponent realizes that they can play defensively with a numerical superiority, um, of course, what we find in Firefight is numerical superiority changes very quickly um, because of the way that snap two works you can yeah, yeah. you can sweep up a flank very very quickly uh, if you've got even just a small number of figures but you can deliver some very important actions that didn't quite work out for me unfortunately um, so so I think I think just after the food bar in the first like actual game turn I think I had dust advantage by about one or two models yeah okay um, and then there ended up being a little bit of tit for tat some maneuvering sort of turn one. Uh, between me and Nick, and then more or less the, the dice count was even from that point on. Then for turn three, four, five, and six, he pulled the first die and snapped to like yeah. seven out of eight or eight out of nine of his models. In a, and he did that in a row. And so and we were again playing compound, really close range, lots of kill fields. I probably spent turns two, three, and four uh, with 80 or 90% of my models down just because I didn't want to make the point difference bigger. I'm just yeah. like, I'm just going to eat it this round, eat lead, hit some dirt. Hopefully you get the next dice next turn. Yeah. yeah. And, and you did it. Five turns. <laughs> and then turn seven, I got the first die. I had yeah. four guys, um, sort of let four or five guys left. Uh, he had about eight or nine, or maybe more than that. Uh, and then I, I sort of snapped two, ran forward, threw some grenades, got a couple of kills, and he still had like, I think it was like five guys up on me by the end, by, by the time he shot back and killed. And then, and then we went to turn seven and he pulled the first die. And it was just, <laughs> wow. it was just like, we looked at it and I was like, you got to kill one model and I cannot make up the difference with the firepower. Like, just cannot do it. And then he was like, all right, I killed the dude. <laughs> yeah. And so a fair credit to Nick. I think he won all four. Well, he won all four. He went, yep, he went through. Um, and so he was, I guess, uh, from a technicality point of view, he would have been the event's winner, sure. uh, going four rounds undefeated. 
Um, and we had, we had a lot of people that then sat between, uh, uh, you know, essentially what we had six people. Yeah. So, so it was still quite a very small spread just within the six and we had some replayability going on. Um, but he was the only player that went through undefeated. Um, a couple of players chasing, but yeah, he, he managed to get that one through. And we did try really hard to keep it as um, Axis versus Allies where possible. Uh, but we also had small board rotations um, just for the amount of players. Like we didn't know exactly how many we were going to get for today. Um, but we, we actually raffled off the um, one of the prizes for the event um, as opposed to going straight with a leaderboard win, um, which takes some of the pressure off purely playing for the prize to win. Yeah. Um, puts a, a bit more back in the let's have some fun space. Yeah. And um, through no bias, I can I absolutely assure you, but um, actually Gorshin won that. Um, yes. And so so he's um yeah, he's he's gonna start up a uh, I, I mean, I'd love to say that he's going to start up a British army, but I don't think that's the plan yeah. right now. No, no. Um, so first I have to finish my varsity board, which I'm still working on. Um, but the, the next actual bolt-action army I'm going to put together is is uh, a play on the first parachute battalion. So a lot of people don't know this, but but Australia actually had a parachute force um, mm-hmm. trained in World War II. Yeah. Uh, I think they started training in 42, 43 came up to sort of battalion strength by late 43 or 44, um, but they never actually deployed. They were supposed to deploy okay. in a whole bunch of conflicts throughout sort of or battles throughout um, New Guinea and, and all the way through Singapore as well. They were supposed yeah. to be there for fall of Singapore, um, but they sort of surrendered before they deployed and had their deployments cancelled about five or six times. And were these deployments going to be airdrops? And, yeah, yeah, some, some yeah. of them, they might not have been sort of combat airdrops, yeah. but they would have definitely had been airdrops. Yeah. Um, um, and it, it, a lot of it sort of came down to they just didn't have the planes they didn't have the C-47 Dakotas and yeah, they didn't yeah, want to deploy right. them in waves they wanted to sort of deploy them in mass yeah. but yeah and so I've, I've been trying to find some primary source material about things like uniforms yeah. and that sort of stuff having a little trouble there because they didn't deploy so a lot of people didn't pay that much attention to them what I have been able to find so far they definitely had the maroon berets they had pretty standard sort of weapons um, but they had Thompson submachine guns and so I looked at this kit and what I've got I've got berets I've got standard commonwealth or special forces uniforms I've got the commonwealth weapons I can just feel these guys it'll be fantastic yeah brilliant cool. um, so have you had any thoughts on what you're going to feel with the infantry itself for Bolt? Yeah, so yeah. I think I've been looking at sort of the platoon selectors and I'm probably going to take commando sections yeah. just because that'll allow me to sort of represent the the weapons well. And also, the, I think something like 70 or 80% of the of the guys who made up the Parachute Infantry Battalion were decorated. So they were all veterans. Okay. All seen combat okay. experience at that point. Right. There were something like 10 medals in sort of the first platoon that like signed up as volunteers. Wow. Um, a lot of the guys who went to the parachute battalion actually refused promotions because it meant they wouldn't have been able to transfer to the parachute battalion. So these guys were, were like tough as nails guys who really wanted to be in the fight and they were extremely frustrated that they never deployed. So I thought, I'm looking at the selectors, I'm thinking if I take these commandos, I've got veterans, I've got sort of some outflanking possibilities there as well, I've got a couple SMGs, I've got the brand. Mm. Something like that, I think, will probably play out quite well. Um, and they actually got the the twenty five pounders as regimental okay. support. Yeah. They, they had a whole. I think it was uh, might have been a company or something that was trained power drops with howitzers in World War Two. Okay. Not super uncommon, but a lot of people didn't realize that that was a pretty common practice. You jump out of a plane with an artillery piece and follow a town. 
Um, being an Australian force, would you consider theming them to Pacific jungle kind of stuff for, for a New Guinea or a Singapore or these kind of things? Well, or? see, as, again, it'll depend on sort of the information yeah. that I can find about them. Um, they did do a lot of jungle training in Queensland. There was sort okay. of a jungle training school there as well. Uh, and I think they were actually trained by commandos and maybe even some British commandos as attaches. So uh, I guess it, it sort of depends what I can find out. And once I've actually sort of got an understanding of it, then I'll sort of feel them. I'm not, I'm not sort of going for super historically accurate, just more so yeah. plausible. What did the, yeah. these guys sort of look like in terms of numbers and yeah. equipment and training? And just try to represent that in a bolt action way. Yeah. Fantastic. Cool. Excellent. Yeah, cool. Um, so I guess... In terms of the missions, that, that wraps up, and, and obviously some of the surrounding information wraps up um, Firefight. Uh, and Raiding Party. And Raiding Party, yeah. Um, yeah, Firefight's going to keep going. But um, <laughs> probably some really key thoughts about Firefight now. Um, Firefight is fun. Yeah. Like, Firefight is really fun. It's, it is not watered down bolt action in the sense that, you know, it's exactly the same mechanics but with 10 models. Um, the things that work that make bolt action and you've mentioned it before Gorshin, the things that make bolt action bolt action like how pin mechanics and dice advantage work and how you leverage the hit modifiers to work in your favour rather than against you um, when possible like the, those things they still exist within Firefight but it's, it's, it's quite different so pin pins for example pin management is one of the key things that works in the main mechanic it's a form of representing suppression in bolt action attrition attrition and, and sort of slowing down units while they are you know bunkering down for cover in firefight you're, you're pinning individual models and yeah. so and you're when you're shooting you're actually converting generally most people are taking around regulars because they want to avoid that 3 plus damage value but they don't want to pay for 13 points on a single model unit so yeah, they're looking plus at the weapon on plus top. the weapon on top so so most in general seem to be going with regulars, which means that if you're pinning and hitting something, you have a 50-50 chance to immediately eliminate that model from the game. Yeah. Um, like 70-30 to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there are times where, you know, I've, I've, my mortar, for example, he was 100%. Like, he was just straight up, I'm going to kill you. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it plays very differently and you have to think about playing it differently. The other point with the actual um, pins themselves, like we, you know, the models aren't getting many pins because they're converting into wounds and they're dying, right? But the modifier, just that one additional, every single model is a small team, mm. the modifier yeah. for hitting things is much higher. You're, yeah. you're, you know, your first two, three turns, it, it, the expectation is no matter what I'm going to do, it's maybe going to be a six or a seven. Sixes or sevens, yeah. 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 I found. Um, Coming into bolt action, sort of the platoon level game, I had a hard time uh, with a, the lack of lethality that generally exists. And again, of course, if, if you land a HE template and a squad out in the open, if you catch a team out in the open with an MG, different story. But generally, like that lethality is the exception; it's not the rule. Yeah. Um, yeah. Firefight did not feel like that at all. No. Firefight felt very lethal. It felt much more lethal than bolt action, but. Not in a sort of detractory way. It, it meant that I was counting on the value of individual models more. Yeah. I was making the decision to go down a little yeah. bit more than I do in bolt action, which I probably should go down a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, again, sort of 
And on top of that, the other challenge to me is I typically play veteran <laughs> for two. I like, I like being tough as nails. I like being able to dictate tempo. I don't mind having fewer models because it doesn't feel that much of a disadvantage yeah. in the platoon game. You can yeah. soak the hits and you can keep rolling with the punches. Yeah. And then turn two or turn three, you pick up some momentum and then you hopefully run your opponent off the board. But couldn't do that in Firefight. No. And even, you know, I was playing regulars today, but I'm thinking if I played veterans, I got a few less models. You know, I don't think I would have been able to get away with something like yeah. that in Firefight. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say that regulars is probably the right move for the event that we play. Um, I, I think just there's just too few opportunities with the veterans. The experience is just too many. Like, <laughs> um, I, I, I think regulars is, is the right fit, to be honest. I, I mean, be nice to have a chat with Wayne on it as well because you know he went for the full veteran list and very expensive troops. And I think uh, I, I don't know. I've been watching back and forth, but. Um, some of those some of those missions went really well for him and some of those uh, didn't quite do so good so there, there was some positive and negatives to it I mean you in mission 2 you had 10 guys shooting one one soldier and it still was surviving on 8 pins or something well that, that was that was more so bad luck that yeah. was that was Wayne's last model he had soaked up all of the break tests he had a dude with like 2 pins and I just walked up with 8 SMGs and I was like one of these guys is going to kill him. I ended up actually pinning him out. I actually routed the model. I got oh, him to gosh. ten pins. I didn't kill him, and there were, and that was that's more bad luck than anything yeah, else, right? Yeah, I had yeah. I had a whole bunch of SMGs in super short, like double shots. It statistically speaking, almost impossible. But he did it, and I still ended up killing the model anyway. But I think that and one other game right at the end was a time where I saw a model alive with more than one or two pins. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. and I I don't know yeah, I, honestly looking back, I don't know why I brought my pin markers today. I pretty much didn't need them. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think I put three over the four rounds I think I put three pin markers down that actually stayed there. Yeah. And yeah. I started I started just simply going, I'll pick the pin up and I'll you know I'll adjust it to the right number and I'll just hold on to it because realistically and, and maybe it's just because I was being lazy but I'm not going to put this down until you've rolled to wound because yeah, you're killing my, every every 50% like roll you are killing my dude and um, I'm just going to pick him back up tactically I made decisions based on receiving pins as well so okay. within within bolt action typically if I'm at 2 or 3 or something like this I'm going to rally or down yeah. um, this I was like it's worth the risk it's one, just one soldier. I'm mm. just going to go for the charge or the advance or something like this. Even if he's, you know, inexperienced and had several pins, I said, like, that, there's no point in him. He's not going to do much. It's not worth me rallying him and making him perfect for the next turn or something like this because it's one guy. Yeah. Um, so it, it, there are a lot of differences in decision-making that you would make in the larger game as against this. And mm. I think I think it's got its own flavor and I think it's got its... Uh, it, it, uh, I quite enjoy it to a different level than I enjoy regular bolt action. Yeah. Uh, I think it's worth mixing it up and trying it out. Absolutely. Um, it is an unofficial uh, companion to the game. It is, it's official, but it's, it's experimental, it's, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think it says the word unofficial. <laughs> yeah. It's produced by Warlord Games. <laughs> yeah. um, we're on the second revision of it now. The yep. uh, Academy of Street Fighting. Academy, Academy of Street, Street Fighting. Fighting. I believe we're going to see some more. Uh, I think just today we've got um, some email notifications about the Stalingrad releases yep. for 2020, yep. which are different to the Stalingrad releases from you know 2016 or something <laughs> like this. 
Um, so there'll be you know, a full campaign book for the main game. Yep. Uh, then we saw a little picture of Rat Creek. What was it? Uh, Rat Creek, which is what Rat War or something, which is like the, the phrase that they use for to describe Stalingrad, Stalingrad. about yep. fighting in the sewers and, and you know snipers that are in these positions that nobody can see really like yep uh, think enemy at the gates dirty right? yeah. fighting at all costs trying to win and survive kind of thing so and that also had a starter that looked like it had seven or eight models from the Soviets and Germans as well yep. so it really looks like a uh, starter kit for Firefly yep. um, and I'm hoping that's my suspicion. that it's a yeah. physical book we're going to have a lot more of the like it, it's going to develop all the narrative stuff right yeah. as well and so, so the Academy of Street Fighting in the back of it had um, a stack of campaign information for when you want to um, essentially fight uh, the Germans v Soviets within Stalingrad. There's there's an awards medal list. There's naming yeah. conventions. There's yeah, squad there's details. Games. There's heaps and heaps of stuff. But there's even actually um, some quite accurate information about the ranks and stuff because yes. a lot of people think that a lot of the armies had similar rank structures, but they were quite different. Mm. And and the stuff that it found there was, I was like, hey, this is actually a really cool thing. The, the part that I, um, sort of overall with Firefight, and so we spoke about this earlier, uh, for me is that it doesn't feel like they went, okay, let's make a squad level game. They said, let's just take bolt action and let's just sort of me-cleaver it into Firefight. Because there was, there's a, as we sort of said, it's like the pin mechanic almost doesn't exist in Firefight yeah. and, and it's almost purely an administrative exercise now yes. and there's a few other things that you know the lethality is higher yep. some things about multi-shot weapons we had a we had a lot of conversations today, today about units and buildings and that sort of stuff so and how HE then affects units and buildings because you've got yeah. so so we um, just quickly we, we FAQ'd in for our event the purposes of the event uh, we generally run a lot of buildings and ruins uh, so for the buildings we said you can have up to 10 individual models within that, which would normally be a squad, but that introduced other, other issues where you've got HE templates that would do a number of random hits. Those random hits then have to flow out, well, how do you allocate that to the units or whatever? And so we essentially just went, well, we're just gonna randomize it out anyway, um, with some very specific exceptions to be done. But for the most part, um, you know, that seemed to work okay. Yeah, I think I, I sort of echo what you were saying there, Jacob, Firefight's really fun, yeah. but I think it's, for me, it still feels very experimental. Yeah. And it's, it's sort of in this weird space where I don't know which way I want it to go, because this could be, with a little bit of effort, it could be quite a good, uh, almost like, gateway from role-playing, mm. and you go into something like Firefight. But then, you, but then you start, you know, how much of that do you bring across? Yeah. Or do you just go, okay, rather than going each man is individual and, and snap two works like this, you need to tweak that slightly so it works a little bit better like small teams. Mm -hmm. But right now for me, it's just in that awkward spot in the middle and I'm not sure which way I want it to go. Mm. Yeah. Look, I, I haven't been in this game long enough to know, but like how did how did Kilp Team come about for, for Warhammer? Was it was it was it sort of a let's let's start using a, a small amount of troops and then because now it is an official publication and it's been revised no, a few times surely it's got a lot more be, nuance to firefight right I now I could be wrong about this yeah. um, uh, 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 but I think Kill Team was almost a resurrection of like Necro. laser burn and okay. first and second edition 40k rules 
it, it was more along the lines of that. Let's bring that back. Because first and, and second edition um, 40K was like named soldiers. If, you, if yeah. you look at some of those boxes, they actually have names for each individual model, like, yeah. like Captain so-and-so. Um, my personal favorite name, right next to sort of uh, Brother Felix, is you've got Marine Advancing, which I think is a fantastic <laughs> name. If, if you've decided to call your child Marine Advancing, and he's destined to be a space marine at that point. Is it a cool, unique pose? I think um, in, in terms of the, the, the 40k kill teams, um, it, it's had several iterations of it, mm. several versions of it as it's gone through the eight editions. Um, a lot of a lot of sort of, I guess, the narrative and the building and, the, mm. um, and how all that sort of happened was very akin to what came out of Rogue Trader as well, yeah. where yeah. it first yeah. started. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, how it plays, I mean, it plays quite differently because it's obviously bolt action, it's a firefight, sure. it's not It's not kill team. But yeah, we've had, you know, decades worth of development across those different game systems to make them what they are today. And kill team today, um, for 8th ed, I haven't played a lot of the 8th ed one. Um, I know people that do. They seem to really enjoy it. They seem yeah. to yeah. feel like it's in a really good place. Um, it's simple enough to pick up and learn and play, um, you know, and... Uh, Bolt action, I think, because we're at the start of that journey, yeah. things yeah. still feel a little bit clunky. Where, where, like, there's interactions with, um, for example, team weapons and loaders, where, you know, if you give the loader the, the fire order as well as the team, um, then you know you fire without the minus one. That works fine if you're stationary, but yeah. if you're moving those models outside of that one inch gap, you can't move them both and then do the fire order. You have to move and yeah. then take the fire order. So you either move the loader up first, in which case he's already got an order dice, so he can't assist the firer, or you move the firer fast, first, so. who's gonna then take the firing shot before you're allowed to activate the loader. Small things like that, <clears throat> which it's easy enough to house rule, right? Like it's yeah. not it's not yeah. a big complicated yeah. issue, but they're the sort of really fine essence tweaks that as Firefight continues to develop, you know, we might have to patch as a community or yeah. or the developers might be able to go, yep, cool, we can touch base with those points and just adjust them, make it flow a little bit better. Um, you know, I, as much as I love um, grenades and how we played them today, that's actually not how they're played in, <laughs> yeah. in the yeah. firefight rule. So we played it as um, the you grenades. Yeah, the grenades yeah. as a one-inch HE template actually had no cover at the scale we were at because you're generally targeting one model and a grenade's exploding like within a foot of them. So and you can lob it over the you wall. You can lob it over the wall. Or into a window. Into a yeah. window. So we, we sort of wanted it to be a play a little bit more thematic and, and give a bit more of that sense of the danger of what and a grenade is. to use it over or using another weapon at Correct. those ranges. Yeah, so. it became, like, it actually became very effective. Um, but also, you know, smoke grenades where they don't scatter so you can deliberately start placing smoke blockage yeah. on fire lanes and stuff. Um, and so, you know, we've already did a couple of tweaks for the event, but on the whole, it's a really good skeleton yeah. framework uh, to yeah. work I, with. I think it's an interesting thing, like, you know, grenades aren't something that can be taken in regular bolt action. Yep. Uh, we have this multi-shot rule with the machine gun where... Which is half house rule for all multi-shot weapons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so so there's, two, there's two rules right there. Then you've got... Uh, snap to that that's affecting individual models and these kind of things 
rather than squads and this kind of stuff. It's a good framework to play test or manipulate bolt action proper rules in. Yeah. 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 Um, and I know that K47 does a little bit of that as well because it's not the most popular system out there. I think they do something bizarre with um, MGs where they got D2 pins or something like this. Yep. Um, I can't remember exactly, but um, I'd be really excited to see how they experiment and manipulate more rules. Uh, for example, I think flamethrowers aren't really all that strong in this right now because they're going to be targeting one model. They're going so, to really cook that one guy though. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, D6 flamey hits on one dude and if he somehow survives that, he's got to take a morale check and his buddies ain't helping him. But um, uh, the... The cheapest way to take a flamer is a pioneer squad, which is plus twenty points for the yeah. model. Uh, is that model that's you know uh, now thirty points a regular or well, mm. I think it's actually got to be veteran anyway for, for pioneers, pioneers. But maybe yeah. there's differences in the other in the other factions. But uh, that's a thirty point model, which is you know almost a, a quarter of a force or something like this. Um, is that worth it? That can only really target one guy. Given the option. So. I would rather take three guys instead of a yeah. flamethrower. Yeah. yeah, it's in its in its current format. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't suit well, and a lot of weapon teams for sort of fall in that space. So, yeah. the sniper in particular is actually really good. Um, my light mortar, I'm now going to have. I'm now, he's going to be in every list forever now. <laughs> yeah. But but snipers are a really good one um, because they can you know whilst the selection because everyone's a single man, you lose that aspect of it. You still always hit on that three plus, yeah. Like so, you still ignore all other modifiers and always hit on that three plus. And um, um, in in we brought this up very early in the episode. Um, sniper is a two wound model, right? Effectively, yeah. Mm. In regular bolt, yeah. it's a two wound model, yeah. pretty much. But that you know the the loader isn't important. He can't pick up the sniper rifle or anything like this. In this one, he can. Yes. So um, yeah, it's it's actually probably right where it needs to be for points. Yeah, I yeah. for the, the sniper team. The yeah. sniper, yeah, 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 the sniper feels you know the, the we should clarify the regular sniper yeah. team for fifty, right? Yeah, um, you know you can't eliminate a team anymore, so you lose that ability. But what you gain is the you know um, it's a it's an accurate shot in firefight, and that that is worth a lot more mm. than being able to remove a team because um, uh, the team you know. The removal is sort of negated anyway because the guy next to him picks up a weapon. Forgive my ignorance, but does uh, a sniper ignore the small team modifier? Uh, sniper ignores everything oh. except lost loader, which would force a minus one because you don't yep. have someone to help assist load, yep. and pins on the sniper. Okay. So it ignores, it's actually really it ignores small team. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like yeah. it's, it's a positively geared hit modifier. Yeah. And, and sure, you only get to fire it once per turn. But you've got like an 80%, sorry, 72% or something hit ratio yeah. um, against against the model, um, which is pretty strong in firefight. Yeah, yeah you, could, you could place it in a position that it's not likely to get shot at and Just it's going to take out, it could potentially take out six troops yeah. of the game, yeah. Yeah. which could be half a force. Yep, because um, all you have to do is force the break test, right? Because that's the other interesting yeah. mechanic. Mm. So... Even if someone wanted to do a 25 dice order, 25 order dice list, which was all inexperienced, once half that list has been killed, you immediately have to start taking break Good. tests. Yeah. If you roll uh, higher than your highest leadership on the board, minus one if you don't have your officers, mm. you automatically 
fails. Forfeit, yeah. Automatically yeah. forfeit yeah. the game. Yeah. So it's uh, very similar to old school Necromunda, old yeah. school Lord of the Rings, where it's like you reach that 50% and now the morale of your force is broken and you're going to bail. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, I, I think... But, uh, I'm not sure if you articulated it or not, but um, there's, there's a lot of reasons as to why you take that uh, check. So, yes. um, yep. you know, you're at 50% of the force, so you need to take it every turn. Also, if you lose any additional wounds in that um, in that turn. Including so, the one that took you to 50%. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yep. So, you know, you, it, it may be that you're taking that test three or four times in a turn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I took... Um, or three or four times in one MG burst. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, when Jacob and I played and we were starting, it, like, we ticked over the sort of seven and eight mark. And so we had four or five tests in the space of a turn plus the turns themselves so we probably took about six different tests yeah, yeah. Um, neither of us failed by the way it was incredible but yeah. but yeah we, we took significant numbers um, you know where we could one of us had just gone okay that's it we're done like yeah. that's yeah. that's the game yeah um, but yeah it's um, I, I think I think it's a, I think it's a really interesting system yeah uh, and I, I, like I, I think I think people need to give it a shot because you know, uh, and, and especially the fact if, if you're already playing this game, here's, here's another, really it's another game to play within yeah. what you've got. It's not just a very, like like you'd think, oh, I'm just using less troops and similar rules, blah, blah, blah. But it tactically you are making different, different decisions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and there are some mechanics that are more important than others, but uh, I, I feel that... Uh, the emphasis on terrain and your movement specifically is, is is much more important. But then there's the other thing, like Gorchin, hand over that that um, infantry box you've got right there, the commandos. So what's this got? Twenty five troops in there. Yeah. Like that's more than enough for probably two armies in firefight. And regulars, and, three and, if you went back. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, think of it in the entry point of trying to get into this hobby. Less models to paint doesn't cost you as much. Yep. The rules are free, so um, you could... just lost the battery. That's all right. Uh, that's um, right, we'll keep going. Uh, the rules are free for the actual um, uh, campaign supplement of yeah, Firefight. Yeah. So, like, the entry point is quite low. I mean, if you were looking at this at a club and, and, and you had maybe you know, three or six regular players in another system, you're like, I'm thinking about World War Two. How about you guys like split two boxes, ten yeah. bucks each, something like this, and you've got a force for firefight. Um, pretty cool. And and you know, uh, maybe you've got a really large collection of, of, of Germans or, or Russians or Americans or something. <laughs> I mean, you know, we we've got several armies, but um, you know, there's there's always oh, I want to try that other flavor of something, but you know. I don't need to buy a tank and, and a huge force and all this and, kind of stuff. Yeah, I, can, I can have a little bit of everything. Yeah, you you could probably play this um, with any sort of model range at any scale, really. Yeah. I think at, at the club we also play, um, we play this in 172. Yes. Um, and and we, we use uh, Vietnam models. It's a, yeah. it's a great community supplement, VC on the trail. Yeah, um, if you're looking, it out. Yeah, if yeah. you're looking for something bolt action style but you're not really sort of keen on the theater or the operations and you want to go a little bit yeah. more modern almost cold war vietnam vc yeah. on the trail is a fantastic great place to be yeah. talking 172 i just picked up a full australian platoon like riddled with all the special weapons and mgs and rocket launchers and cyber teams and all have you um, which is effectively almost a 1000 point bolt actionist but i think it was like under 70 bucks shipped and you went for some really interesting metal 
models, right? The, yes, they were at East, really, East Riding Platoon so, 20. So they had yeah. some, some really mm. interesting sculpts and these yeah. kind of things. I, I went the reverse and I went with some Ravel uh, Viet Cong troops oh, wow. okay. that, are, that are 172. They're from the 80s. They've been reprinted since then <laughs> under different brands. And uh, what is it, like 70 or 80 trips is $15 Australian at the store across the road. Like, Fantastic. And you can buy them, like if you really want to save money, you can go on eBay and get these things for 7 or $8. So um, for Vietnam, we wanted to try it, but we didn't want to necessarily spend that much money. And, you know, Warlord doesn't have official models and these kind of things yet. So at 28 mil, you are paying a little bit of a premium. Yeah. Uh, to what you would normally play because there's no plastic kit at 28 yeah. for Vietnam, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. so we, we yeah. had a look at the, the 20 mil stuff that you can get in dirt cheap. Um, but yeah, we've we've tried it at regular bolt action. We had a, we had an event on that. We've got that on our YouTube. Um, we've also done a firefight one. What Thursday? Thursday, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And 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 that was interesting as well. And that 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 that's. Uh, a lot of the, you know, the the, the theater itself, a lot, a lot of the troops yeah. have the assault, assault rivals and these kind of things, and that 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 changes up the how you would normally play a firefight game in World yeah. War Two. I was not used to using that many assault rifles. Yeah, because like, yeah. I, I normally play like Soviet sure, Americans. Yeah. I don't get assault rifles, <laughs> and so like I was like, I've got what? You got sixteen assault rifles in that unit? What? <laughs> and, and I think if you've got if you want to try bolt action, and you've got some models lying around. Just get the PDF off the website. Yeah. It's, yep. it's from Warlord Games. It's free. Academy of Street Fighting. It's up there. Um, it doesn't matter like what scale that you've got. It's like yeah. if you go down to to one one hundred, you might have to play with the the movement a little bit. Yeah, maybe inches to centimeters or the other way around. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. some way to play it. Yeah. But if you've got um, if you've got some models, you want to try bolt action. Firefight's a really good place mm. to try. Yep. But uh, as we have said, it is a little bit different. So if you play Firefight and go, this is a little bit too lethal for me, it's a little bit too fast-paced, I want something bigger, I want something more strategic, less tactical, bolt action is the way to go. But you know, if you guys are looking for something different doing a club, if you want something smaller, some faster pickup games, something to fill a buy around in, a, in another event day, honestly, yeah. try Firefight. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. It's really fun. I think we've, we've even tried like big firefights haven't we I don't think yeah. I was there for that one but we had like a 10 player game or something where everybody had a model yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we've done some crazy things while we're trying to um, test it out the intent being that we can pass some feedback to Warlord of what yeah. you know we thought worked or doesn't work but um, yeah we've tried some pretty crazy things and and again adapting it for things like VC on the trail and um, yeah this it, it, again because it's the, the, the base skeleton is quite good to work with in this experimental phase so it's an official uh, it's an official experimental rule set yeah, but yeah. Then, they're not I guess they're not Codified. 100% yeah. Yeah. they're just not ready they're just not ready to yeah, release but, as this is firefight so but the that's fact coming, that though. they're actually just chucking it out at us and uh, updating it I mean yes what, um, the, 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 the Soviet revision of this is only you know a month or two old something I think it may have came out in December or something Academy like that Street yeah, 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 yeah something yeah. like that yeah. um, so uh, I'm glad that it is expanding because I think they they may have brought this out mid last year for Firefight. I think it was about the same time we were at show. It probably yep. came out the week I was trying out 148. Yep. Um, yep. And in the lead up to that, they had this kind of uh, D-Day campaign released around it as well. So it was interesting that oh, his 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 kill team bolt action. 
There you go. Oh, now we're doing a D-Day supplement for it as well. And now we've got a Stalingrad supplement. Obviously before the new releases that they're going to bring out, but that's actually now going to be a physical book. So I'm actually excited to see what they're going to add into yeah. it and these kind of things. And now you've got a starter set that they're making around it as well. So um, I, I, I think Firefight is exciting. It's a, uh, it's a different flavor for the same theater. Same um, buy-in as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, it, yeah, I, I think it's worth it. And the Keep great thing, the great thing is, if you're going to do it from the point of view of yeah, let's do it as like an escalation, we'll just get one started. If you like it, you're still going to like some of those core things about it when you do move to bolt action, and um, if you move to bolt action. Um, when? <laughs> yeah. When. Okay. <laughs> I might be a little presumptuous there, but look. Um, I've played a lot of different war game systems, um, and I don't know. There's just something about the board action one that really sort of grabs me. Um, but you know, it's. I'm looking forward to seeing what the Raiders um, and the and the, the Stalingrad Rat campaign book looks like yeah. in Ratten Creek, and and how Warlord is is getting this stuff developed. Really excited to see how that goes down. But um, that's probably it, I think, for this yeah. this wrap up of the event. Um, I. I consider it quite successful and we'll yeah, definitely yeah, be doing yeah. another one. Um, other than that, we'll catch you next time. All right. Thanks for checking in. Thanks, everyone.